Hello, Do You Even Blog listeners. This podcast is sponsored by me. That's right. The digital doors to online impact are opening up this week only. That would be November 9 through November 13 and will not be open again until October 2021, a year from now. So, Online Impact is my private membership community for bloggers and podcasters and online biz entrepreneurs where you will get access to all of my courses, literally every single one, all of my tools, mastermind group matching, quarterly workshops, live calls with the community, way more stuff. That's what you'll get, but here's what you'll be able to to do. Grow more and grow faster. Stay on top of your learning with new ideas. And more importantly, I would argue, feedback on your strategy, feedback on your ideas, questions answered, accountability to implement said learning, and stay responsible for building the business you want to build faster and with less headache. I 100% guarantee that. $5,000 worth of value in the courses and tools alone. Yours this week only for 50 bucks a month. So come join us. It's open this week only. Learn more at onlineimpact.co. That's onlineimpact.co. Now on with the show. Hello, Do You Even Blog listeners. This podcast is sponsored by me. That's right. The digital doors to online impact are opening up this week only. That would be November 9 through November 13 and will not be open again until October 2021, a year from now. So Online Impact is my private membership community for bloggers and podcasters and online biz entrepreneurs where you will get access to all of my courses, literally every single one, all of my tools, mastermind group matching, quarterly workshops, live calls with the community, way more stuff. That's what you'll get, but here's what you'll be able to, to do. Grow more and grow faster. Stay on top of your learning with new ideas. And more importantly, I would argue, feedback on your strategy, feedback on your ideas, questions answered, accountability to implement said learning, and stay responsible for building the business you want to build faster and with less headache. I 100% guarantee that. $5,000 worth of value in the courses and tools alone. Yours this week only for 50 bucks a month. So come join us. It's open this week only. Learn more at onlineimpact.co. That's onlineimpact.co. Now on with the show. Do it to build a community. That is the quickest way to grow. It does take time, but if you're not feeling that love, like maybe the blogging thing is... We need to get traffic. We need to get a lot of traffic. You wake up and you're not getting as many downloads as you want. Or selling your readers you're going to make a fraction of the amount of money that you make. Reach an audience of $100,000 a month. For me, like it worked because I just kind of outlasted. Take the risk of putting yourself out there and be unique and be unique. This is not a blog. This is a business. I'm Desiree Ojek. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper. I'm Tanya from Our Next Life. Nick True. I'm Jessica Moran. I'm Monica Louise. I'm JD Rock, and you're listening. You to- are listening, and you're listening to the Do You Even Blog podcast. Blog Tribe, happy Friday! Pete McPherson here, coming at you with a very quick episode. Maybe not so quick. Uh, it's not a deep dive interview with a world class blogger or a blogger original. Nothing of that sort. It is just me talking about something I am super fired up about, which is treating your audience, readers, fans, whatever you want to call it, in such a way that makes them more loyal, more dedicated, more click-throughs for for affiliate links, more email subscriptions, more 
uh, or less churn rates, more product sales, all that good stuff. It requires trust. It requires, requires even, respect, loyalty, uh, raving fans. That's what I want to talk to you about today. I'm going to call this the BYOB, which stands for bring your own booze or bring your own beer uh, model. The BYOB model for creating some amazingly loyal fans. And it starts with this, a quick story. So not long ago, my wife and I, we wanted to take our kids out. (laughs) We don't do anything out anymore. We have two kids, we're parents. So we had it all figured out. We're like, oh, we should go bowling. Oh, and we should also do like a picnic style stuff uh, thing, Uh, which was great. Other than the fact that it was like really hot. So we're like, oh, well, you know what? We'll go get some pizza and just take it to the bowling alley. We'll let the kids ball and just kind of run around. It was like a Tuesday, by the way. We're not doing this on like Friday night or Saturday night. It's like a Tuesday. It's a great idea for a family date night, right? So we go to the local pizza hut. We pick up our carbs, our delicious, delicious pizza, my favorite food. Uh, we head on over to the bowling alley. We get out, which if you have two kids, you realize is not really as simple as stepping out of the car when you're single. And we walk up to the door, pizzas in hand, got our diaper bags, got the kids. And then right there, what do we see on the front door of the bowling alley? No outside food or drink. No exceptions. You guys have seen this like all the time, your entire life, right? No outside food or drink. No outside food or drink. So the story concludes with me saying, well, maybe they'll just let us in anyways. Like it's a Tuesday. Literally, we're like, one of three cars in the entire parking lot. We live half a mile from the bowling alley. Like we could come here all the time. We do frequent this bowling alley. I mean, not like once a week, but we come here. Like they should know us. It's a small town. It's a small bowling alley. We're right down the street. Maybe they'll just let us slide. We can bring in the pizza. So we walk in and what do we see? Like, no way. The employee behind the counter is like, might as well have been screaming at us from when we walked in the door, putting his hand up, literally putting his hand up. No, 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 no outside food or drink. Uh, okay, so I could rant more about why this is a terrible b- business practice, um, but suffice it to say this, it left us feeling very upset and anxious. Okay, what are we going to do? We made these plans. Now we can't keep them. Should we just go eat in the car and then come back in? So we just go home and cancel it. It's going to be bedtime in like an hour anyways, like all this other trouble that we went through for what? Here's my little rant. For what? Why did the bowling alley do this? Why do any restaurants, why do any establishments require that you only purchase their beer, their food, their alcohol, their whatever? Why no outside food or drink? They're trying to increase their revenues, right? Their employees got to eat too, right? That's the thinking behind it. Okay, we'll come back to why that's stupid here in a second. But first, let me give you the antithesis. I knew I was going to screw up that word before I said it. Let me give you the antithesis of the bowling alley. It's a place, actually there's two. My favorite Mexican restaurants called Cali and Tito's in Athens, Georgia. They not only allow you to bring in outside food or drink, they encourage it. It's posted on their front door. Bring your own booze. Use our cups. They're right here. We got plastic cups you can use, etc. Also, my wife and I's favorite pizza place in Atlanta. It's the best pizza place in the Southeast. Like I had pictures of like Conan O'Brien eating there on the walls and like all these uh, celebrity pictures. You know what I mean? Why is it so massively successful? Okay. I'm going to give you the answer. You don't have to know this. First of all, oh, they also allow you to bring in your own food and drink. In fact, they welcome it. They give you plastic cups. Do they sell their own beer? Do they sell their own wine? Yes. They do, but they encourage you to bring other stuff in as well. So that's not the only reason that Antico is so massively successful in Atlanta, Georgia. 
It's because, and this is my big point. Dramatic pause. This is my big point. Antico and indeed Kelly and Tito's and indeed some of the most successful businesses on the planet make it their entire purpose to make their customers happy above all else. That is their very highest priority. Make the customer happy, not just happy, but thrilled. Make the experience that they get from shopping here, from dining here, from reading this website, the best it absolutely can be. First and foremost, Zappos, maybe you've heard of them, uh, you know, a billion dollar company. They will accept returns from other, uh, retailers like if somebody comes to their website and wants to return something and they didn't even buy it on zappos they'll return it like their customer service has done crazy things for people by the way if you go to zappos customer service and you ask them to order you a pizza they'll do it for you it's insane but it works it has this like legendary status this like a mythical business practice right going above and beyond for your customers And I'm going to apply it to blogging, going above and beyond for your blog readers. That's the entire point of this podcast. Now, how can you actually adopt this sort of business model? The please do bring outside food and drink into our establishment. How can you adapt, apply this type of thinking to your blog? What does that look like? Um, Well, the bad news is this might not be very actionable, but there are, are maybe a few things you can do. Uh, lead by example. Number one, let's talk about outbound links. Why do you think Google rewards, generally speaking, when you link to other people's websites in a relevant way, in a useful way, etc.? You know, given all that stuff, why do they even care about that? Google cares about that because it is their business model to make sure their users, their searchers, are getting the very best answers to their questions, the very best results for whatever their search query is, right? They want to make sure that the content they're serving them is the best. And by you providing links to relevant information, it's showing, oh, your blog post cares about giving the reader the best experience, right? Ideally, in an ideal world, that's what they care about. That's why outbound links, useful, relevant outbound links are favored in Google's eyes is because they help The user, it puts the user's needs above that of the website. Me linking out to Darren Rouse's website, Pat Flynn's, uh, breaking the 1%, any of these like online business blogging platforms besides do you even blog is good for me. (laughs) Linking to my competitors is good for me. Why? Because it shows my audience that I value their success above my own. And which is maybe true or not true for all of you, but that actually doesn't matter. We're going to come back to that in just a second. Why this is actually the smartest move for you financially, monetarily, successfully, et cetera, et cetera. We'll come back to that in just a second. But outbound links, that's a good strategy. Another one I just thought of is my friend Mike at Ninja Budgeter. He posted some blog post uh, this past week about uh, why he doesn't approve of Dave Ramsey or something like that. Something a little controversial, but whatever. He was hesitant to post it at first, but he did. And I don't know why he did. I haven't actually spoken with Mike about this, but my opinion, and I truly believe this will come back to give him more of his goals for his blog and his business. He's helping his readers out. First and foremost, he think 
that was something that needed to be said, but he was hesitant because it might be a little embarrassing. He might get a little bit of criticism from the community or whatever, but on the whole, originally, oh no, excuse me, eventually he decided that this is what needs to be said. This is what my readers need to hear right now from me. I'm going to hit publish. So take that to your own blog. What haven't you published that you're like, oh, you know what? I don't know if this will perform well in Google. I don't know if this is the right thing to say right now because it might look bad on me. Or oh, I don't know if this will actually be good for Pinterest. I'm not going to publish it. Value your readers, your audience, your fans first and foremost. And by the way, here's a pro tip. If you don't want to publish something that might make you look bad to the outside world, but you think it'll help your readers, just send it in an email. Like, okay, don't publish it as a blog post. Just send it in an email. Never mind. Neither here nor there. The point is, put your readers' well-being above everything else. Now, before I come back to number two, I'm going to talk about experiences. That was all number one. Uh, let me interject and talk about three. We're going to go one, three, two. I'm talking about this bring your own outside food and drink model here. Number one, put your readers' well-being, put their happiness, put their success above everything else, period, including your own financial games, your own traffic stuff, all that stuff. And let me tell you why I truly believe this, even though this is hard as crap to implement. Number three, W-O-M and C-L-V. Word of mouth, WOM, W-O-M and C-L-V. Customer lifetime value. If you're in business, if you're in the startup world, you know this like inside and out, right? Customer lifetime value. Whenever you have a bad experience at a restaurant, I don't know why I'm talking about food so much today, but I guess I must be hungry. Whenever you're at a restaurant and you have a bad experience, like, ah, oh, the waiter took forever. The food took like 25 minutes to come out. Mine was a little bit cold. I really wanted to send it back, but I didn't. Now I'm upset. I'm not going to leave a good tip. All that great stuff. What does a good restaurant do? And what does a mediocre restaurant do? A mediocre restaurant would be like, I'm so sorry. Uh, we've, you know, knocked 10% off your meal. I hope you'll forgive us. Come back again. Thanks. Okay. That's what a mediocre restaurant does. A bad restaurant wouldn't do anything. They wouldn't give you any discount. They wouldn't say anything, et cetera, et cetera. Mediocre. I'll give you 10%. The best restaurants will come over with the waiter. They'll come over to the manager. They'll say, I'm so sorry. Your entire meal has been comped. Here's a $50 gift certificate. The next three or four times you come in here, we'll make sure that you have a priority seating. We will give you a $10 credit at the bar. You know, use this gift certificate for 50 bucks. Your entire meal will be free and on and on and on and on. They will go above and beyond. That's my point here. Above and beyond with the experience. It's actually number two. But number three, what they're trying to do is sacrifice the $40 for your meal now in exchange for you coming back in their restaurant. And they'll do whatever it takes. A good business will do whatever it takes to get you back in the doors. It doesn't matter what that is because they want to get you in two or three or four or five times so that you'll come in for the next 10 years. Okay, a bad restaurant wants that 50 bucks. They're not going to give you the, your meal free. But if you never come there, they lose so much more money. What they want or what they should do. What they should do is get you back in the door at whatever cost, $100, $500, $1,000. Like what is the customer lifetime value for the average person at a restaurant? It's way more than 50 bucks, way more than 50 bucks. They should be treating those little negative experiences uh, with such care and enthusiasm and uh, empathy 
they need to get you back in the door. Okay, enough talking about food now. Let's talk about blogging. What you want to do, what you should do, is try and develop those fans at whatever cost possible, right, to stick on your email list forever, to become lifelong fans, to become the, in my case, the meta blogger that they recommend to other new bloggers three months from now, six months from now, six years from now. You want the customer to stick around. You want your blog readers to keep coming back over and over and over again. Okay, that's going to be way cheaper in the long term than trying to get a little bit of extra traffic now from posting this post, even though it may not help my readers as much. Or, oh, you know what? I'm going to try and push out this crappy product now because I can make like an extra 500 bucks this month, whereas it might turn off some people. What you should do is sacrifice a little bit of extra traffic now from Google or Pinterest, sacrifice an extra three Bluehost affiliate commissions in exchange for customer lifetime value, keeping blog reader lifetime value. What do we call that? ALV, audience lifetime value. Yes, keeping people around for the long term. You want them coming back to your emails and opening them every single time you press send. And how do you do all this, by the way? How do you increase your ALV, audience lifetime value? You put the customer first. You put the reader first. You share other people's products with them. Share your competitors' products with them if it's truly beneficial to them. Don't recommend shitty affiliate products, crappy affiliate links, when it's not in their best interest just because you'll make an extra $400 in Bluehost commissions now, right? Sacrifice those short-term gains for long-term ALV, audience lifetime value. That's number one and number three. Number one, put the readers first, always. That's your highest priority. Number three, it will come back and pay you dividends in the future. You have to trust it. (laughs) It's not easy. You have to trust it via word of mouth and customer lifetime value, WOM and CLV. And how you get the WOM, specifically word of mouth marketing, how you get your blog readers to go share your content on Twitter, how to repin on Pinterest, even without you asking them to, is provide an experience. Here's number two. This is the last thing I'm going to talk about today. Provide an experience. I've heard this time and time again from the Airbnb uh, co-founders. When they first sat down and mapped out what they wanted the experience to look like for Airbnb, uh, I mean, Brian Chesky, all these guys are famous for saying now, how can we take it to an 11, so to speak, right? On a scale of like one to five, one star, oh, that's what it was, 11 stars or seven stars, eight stars. I don't remember. It's uh, something besides five-star, like a five-star review. How could we get them to leave like a 10-star review? I don't remember what the number was. You'll have to forgive me. But how they did this was they mapped out, okay, what would a one-star review look like? Okay, somebody experiences a little bit of issues actually booking the room. They show up and the owner of the apartment's not even there. They don't have a key. They can't get in. They're left outside in the rain. Like that would be a one-star review for Airbnb, right? Okay, what would a two-star look like? What would a three-star? A five-star would be... It was easy to book the room. I showed up. Everything was right on time. The room was clean. Uh, It was affordable. Great. Five-star review. Okay. What would a six-star review look like? In fact, what would a seven-star review look like? And they came up with some like ludicrous story like, oh, the person books the room. It was so easy. They arrive and they have a black limousine waiting for them, comped by Airbnb 
with a bunch of booze in the back and flowers and chocolates. And they arrive to their house, their apartment destination. And when they walk out, they're greeted by like celebrities smiling and shaking their hand. And you know what I mean? This is ludicrous, but it also reveals something. It reveals their business model, which by the way, let's go ahead and tie this back to blogging. You should aim to give people above and beyond expectations in a positive way, <laughs> right? Well, I guess that means above and beyond. It would be lower and beyond if that were negative expectations. I don't know. Neither here nor there. Try to provide amazing experiences. And here's another example that is actually, I think, quite uh, actionable for us bloggers, and that is Derek Sivers at CD Baby. Maybe you've heard this before. Uh, it's not Lord, it's truth. You can find it. It's out there. When you ordered a product online, you know you get like an automated email that has like a receipt. Thank you for ordering. Here's your receipt, et cetera, et cetera. Automatically sent to you. This was like back in the late 90s, early 2000s when Derek did this. He spent like 20, 30 minutes at his computer one day writing out a just ridiculous story that will be auto-emailed to people with that like receipt email. And it was ludicrous. It was like, thank you so much for using cdbaby.com. Our CD experts have just pulled your electronic disc out of molten lava to shape it and form it. Now, two Japanese artists are placing it on a satin pillow, which will be carried via helicopter to the airport where we'll fly it first class to your doorstep. I mean, it was some like ludicrous story like that. You can go Google it, CD baby email, and you'll probably see this thing pop up. And what that was, was the stupidest, smallest, most ridiculous experience that he provided people. And to this day, you can go Google it. This was like 20 years ago now that Derek did this and it's still alive and well and speaks volumes on his business and him, by the way, he's no longer at CD baby, but it speaks about him, his creativity, his thoughtfulness, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And by, by the way, like it took him 20 minutes and it was an autoresponder email. So my question to you I'm going to leave you guys with this. Here's your one hashtag actionable tip, action item, whatever you want to call it for today and your blog. How can you put some sort of hmm, procedure system or automation in place that goes above and beyond for providing an experience for your audience? Let me say that again, because this is your homework, right? What can you do? Today, it could be an automated email. It could be changing your tagline under your blog. It could be changing your opt-in language, etc. What could you do today that would provide an excellent experience for your audience? A shocking, excellent experience. Something they don't expect. Something that they see and it catches their eye and they remember it an hour later. Not like when you opt into some crap and you get it and you're like, okay, boom, I'm done. But what would they remember like an hour later, a day later, a week later, what would they tell other people about at the dinner table uh, on Twitter? Why would they share this content? Provide the experience. Okay. Whew, I've been talking a while. 20 minutes and 25-ish seconds already. Okay. That was a lot. <laughs> Let me sum up really quick. One and two and three. There's three points that I hit and the overall purpose, of course, is to adopt more of the Zappos business model, more of the Antico Pizza in Atlanta, Cali and Tito's in Athens, Georgia. Yes, please bring in your own food or drink. Yes, please. We will do whatever it takes to provide you with an amazing experience because we care about your happiness, not necessarily our bottom line. Even though 
Point number three, skipping ahead, doing these things pays off for our bottom line in the long term. That's the overall point. What is point number one? Put your readers, put your audience's needs, their well-being, their happiness up front. It is the highest priority with everything you publish, with everything you don't publish. Put the well-being of your readers first. Number two, provide amazing experiences. It doesn't have to be every single blog post. It could be a 20-minute uh, session at your laptop writing out an autoresponder receipt email for your CD company. It could be something so small as long as it does make a difference, as long as it does gather you positive attention. Got it? Number three, why you should be doing all this in the first place, other than the fact that it might just be the right thing to do. Forget about that. We know that you want more traffic. You want more sales. I want blogger you sales when I launch in two or three weeks. I'm going to do everything in my power possible to see that that uh, sell that sale there, launch. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. I'm going to do everything in my power to see that the blogger you launch is a success for me financially, uh, credibility wise for my readers to give them more authority and more useful information and case studies. When I write about the launch for the customers slash blogger, you students by producing the best experience possible and putting their needs above my own, giving them deals to other people's tools, giving them deals to other people's courses like I do. That's why I do that, by the way. I am going to be making sure that I get paid and that they get what they deserve. The experience, the support, the happiness, the blogging education. That's the point. How can you do that in your own blog? You have to increase that ALV, audience lifetime value, right? If it means sacrificing an affiliate sale right now, I would do it if I were you. If it means sacrificing a little bit of traffic right now, a little bit of exposure, this one opportunity, if I think it's going to be the best thing for my readers, I'm going to do it. And you should too. Increase the ALV, provide awesome experiences. That's it. Pete McPherson, out. <laughs>